Hey, welcome into the Coach Bo Knows Podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. You can check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at Coach Bo Knows Show. Check out the Facebook page and search for Coach Bo Knows Show. And you can email us anytime at Coach Bo Knows Show at gmail.com. This is episode 52.5, and as always, on the point five, I'm joined by the legal counsel of the Coach Bonos podcast, the token girl. She has great legs, even after surgery, but an even greater mind, my co-host, Ellen Wiginter. Ellen, how are you today? You know, I'm doing pretty good. I got released from the brace this week from that ACL surgery, so the, the legs are flowing freely. Nice. Yeah. Knees seem to be a problem here on the Coach Bono's podcast. You embrace, I am in one. Um, Hopefully, when you go to the doc tomorrow, it's just a strain or a sprain or something and nothing big. I spoke to a friend who works in sports medicine and he's like, pretty sure you tore your meniscus. Ooh, that sucks. That surgery is supposed to be the worst. Yeah. And I said, how long? He was like, it's going to be eight to 12 weeks if you have to have surgery. Yeah, so, yeah. So I'll know a little more. I'm getting x-rays tomorrow. You have to do that, then an MRI. Right. Do it all at once. But you know, insurance is insurance. So exactly. So we'll know a little more. I just want to be comfortable at this point. Yep. And that's a problem. It's, I can sit fine, but, and I can even walk. But it's those first few steps are just excruciating. Yeah. I'm sure you've been through me tore your damn ACL. I mean, it's. I did, but it's different than the meniscus from what I understand. Cause even the doc told me, he was like, once you blow your ACL, it's gone. So you don't really have that pain. Yeah. Except from the recovery process. But from everyone that I know that has had just meniscus surgery, like they clipped mine when they were doing my ACL. So I don't know what the impact of it was in my overall recovery, but. It, it's not a fun road, but to your point, I mean, that's why I, why I did my ACL. I wanted to be comfortable and know that I wasn't going to buckle whenever I took a step. Yeah. It's, we have a lot to get to today. Yeah. So we're going to start with some sad news first. And I, I think we should think of this more as celebrating someone's life than losing a legend. For sure. You know, we're local. I'm local here in Kansas city. You lived here for a long time. Len Dawson passed away. Yep. And uh, I was in the Jones Report. We recorded last night and we talked about Len Dawson. And the amazing thing, you know, Len Dawson's obviously a Super Bowl winning quarterback, uh, a historically great player in the Chiefs organization. Yeah. One of the most, I think, underrated and underappreciated quarterbacks of all time. Yeah. Um, He was really in that class of AFL guys with Namath and Fran Tarkenton and a couple others who, just kind of changed how the game was played, the more mm-hmm. passing style game. Um, but not only that, I mean, he was a great quarterback and a Hall of Famer for sure. But uh, what he did in the community, you know, he he moved here when he became a mm-hmm. chief. He stayed in Kansas City the rest of his life. Yeah. He was the host of the original host of Inside the NFL on back when he was on HBO. Yeah. I mean, you go back to the early 80s. That was like the first big show they had. Absolutely. And Austin was the host, not the analyst. He was the host. Yeah. He was the, the Bob Costas, so to speak, up front. You know, that James Brown is on the, the show now. It's a show right. time. 
um, which was not how a normally an ex player is. Usually, an ex player is the analyst. Yep. You know, Len Dawson was also a long time on Channel Nine here in Kansas City, the, the broadcaster and director. Yeah. He even did that while he was quarterback of the Chiefs. Yeah. At the end of his career. And then, I mean, he covered everything Kansas City. And then he was, um, you know, obviously on the radio, did radio games for yep. the Chiefs for, gosh, a generation, if yeah. not longer. At one point, he was the play by play guy. Yeah. I mean, he became the the play-by-play guy and Dawson was doing both. A lot of us, you know, being the age that we are in our mid forties, grew up with him on the radio and TV in the market. And there's the guy who was always a charitable guy, Mm -hmm. a guy who was always Kansas city first. And that was really difficult. I think for a long time in the 80s, you know, late eighties, the nineties, even though early two thousands, it wasn't cool to be from Kansas city. No. You know, Kansas City has been kind of, it's kind of gone through this renaissance in the last, really the last 15 years. Sure. And Len Dawson was the coolest dude in Kansas City, not named George Brett. You know, as you think of iconic sports people. Right. The iconic sports guy behind George Brett. And, And then now you have Mahomes, obviously. Derek Thomas was in there. But, I mean, just the face of a franchise in the football and, I hope I'm, you know, the chiefs are going to do something huge for this. Well, I mean, even tonight for their last preseason game, they opened in Lenny's normal, like opening formation Yeah. for the game. So the whole season is going to be structured around him. I'm sure. Rightfully. I sure so. hope so. I sure hope so. I hope they do some nice patch on the jerseys and then yeah. you know, Lenny the cool. I mean, just, there, there's no way you could not be a, a liker. I mean, people know me know I'm not a Chiefs guy. <laughs> but if you if you can't like Len Dawson, that's that's saying more about you than it is about him. Well, I mean, it's that iconic picture of him, you know, in the on the sidelines, I or in the locker room. I can't remember which. That he's got a cigarette in his hand, yeah. he's got a beer in between his that's legs. Actually, from Super Bowl four, and it's like halftime. It, it was it was a he had a cigarette on the sideline during the Super Bowl halftime. He has a cigarette and a fresca. Yeah, got a bottle of fresca, and he's just sitting smoking a cigarette, getting ready to play the second half. And you're just kind of like, okay, this is how these guys came up. I mean, he won his his Super Bowl when he was 41. Yeah, I mean that's crazy to think about, yeah. regardless of Tom Brady. But you know, yeah. well, I mean, and it's even bigger, I think. Because if you look back then, players didn't play that long. I mean, they no. just principally couldn't do it. Yeah. And he was I, – I think the underrated thing football-wise on Len Dawson is I really think he doesn't get the credit that there was those guys from the AFL. It was it was Namath. Uh-huh. It was Unitas. Um, I include Len Dawson. And, and those guys were like – they were the – they brought the pass first part of football to the NFL. Yeah, with Bart Starr and some of those guys. Yeah, I mean, yeah. look, I mean, because well, Bart Starr was kind of the opposite. The Packers were this run first thing, and oh, that's true. What the Packers and the Cowboys and everything was those successful franchises. But if you look, you know, the Jets win Super Bowl three, the Chiefs win Super Bowl four. Mm-hmm. Those two quarterbacks, Namath and then Dawson, they were the ones dropping back thirty times a game. Right. That was just unheard of in the NFL. It was considered to be a softer brand of football. And they took that softer brand of football, so to speak, 
and they won. They yeah. won Super Bowls against the monster Packers. And I, I think it's I think he doesn't get enough due for that. I mean, he was a great, great player, a great humanitarian. And I it's set 87, I believe, was the number yeah, I heard. I, was I think that's correct. He had gone into hospice last week or the week before. Yeah, a couple weeks ago I'd heard that. I think we even mentioned it. And yeah. at 87, you know my rule. As I look at it and I hear someone has passed, I ask how old, and I go, well, it's a good run. 87 and to have lived his life yeah it's sad when they're gone but let's celebrate that we have absolutely so rest in peace to lynn dawson and our deepest condolences to his family his friends and the entire chiefs community absolutely and uh like you said they'll do great things this season to honor him they will and if they don't do enough i'll make sure we say that um Hey, another one, this is kind of sad, but then also kind of awesome at the same time. I shared this on the Coach Bono's Twitter. I think it was yesterday before. Yeah. Shaquem Griffin from the Seattle Seahawks retired. And if you don't know the story about this dude, this is this is an amazing story. This young man played college football at uh, Central Florida. And uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know what, Central Florida. And uh He's the brother of Shaquille Griffin, who's still in the league. Right. Um, but Shaquille Griffin was born, he lost his left hand as a very small child uh-huh. when he was a toddler. And he worked his way, worked his ass off. He's a little bit undersized, too. Made it all the way to the NFL and had a four-year career in the NFL while only having a right arm, a right hand. He had a right. left arm, but it was a nub. Um, as a defensive back, too. When you think about that, how you catch interceptions, he did. Um, it's just a great story of someone who overcame some adversity. You think about four years, it doesn't sound like a lot, but you know that's worth a pension in the NFL. That's awesome. So good for him. I, I'm sad to see that he's retiring. Obviously, his skills are just not what the Seahawks need. He's probably got some, you know, obviously he's got a handicap. Sure. But it's just an incredible story, and I wanted to give some props to Shaquem Griffin. I think that I, I just think that's an incredible situation that we should all be inspired by. Absolutely, and you know, it's it's one of those things that kids and people can be inspired by seeing people that look like them doing great things, and yeah. he's now going to forever be one of those people. Yeah, and I hope it inspires people to say, hey, I can do this, whether it's you know, you don't have a left hand or you have other sorts of disabilities. Yeah. It, it's just something that look at how this guy overcame that and made his way all the way to the NFL. Absolutely. Um, let's get into a couple of football related things. We're going to be football heavy today. Okay. Because we're recording this. This is Thursday night, late night. The latest we've recorded in a while. Yeah. Um, some fun stuff happened. I guess it's fun because this shit just happens when you get two teams together. There was a fight at the Rams Bengals practice today. Uh, Lyle Collins, LSU guy, I love this Lyle Collins. <laughs> uh, one of the new tackles in Cincinnati, uh, he decided to take it upon himself to start a fight after a play he was running. Um, you know, running back is past him. The play has already moved past the line of scrimmage. And he felt that he was hit from behind by someone behind a play. So he came up swinging. Okay. And 
Then the Rams came up swinging. And now everybody's swinging. Both teams are on the field. Aaron Donald is, is pictured in one of the videos with Bengals helmets in each hand trying to start a fight or trying to try to fight. Like, you ready? You ready to hit people with them? Um, and I've seen it on, on, you know, authority on social media that Aaron Donald should be suspended because of look at what, um, oh shit. Uh, Miles Garrett. Uh, Miles Garrett. Thank you. But mm-hmm. Miles, what happened to Miles Garrett a couple of years ago when he was suspended six games? Right. He took his helmet off in a game and hit somebody with it. Yeah. I don't know this is quite like that. You get practices with teams' fights break out. I mean, it's just well, it's it seems to me this season, and I don't know if this is true, but it just seems to me that these joint practices yeah. seem to be spurring a lot more extracurricular activity. Yeah than in previous seasons. And I don't know if it's because it's a shortened preseason or what. That's a really valid point. But, I mean, there was fighting last week with the Pats and whoever they were practicing with and then played with over the weekend. Uh-huh. Um, I think the Panthers and Jags maybe also got into it at one point. It's It just seems like there's a bit of a drumbeat every week as to yeah. what's going on. Well, and there's always now a camera. Yeah. Because you have people watching. You have more people. You have people at the practices. Right. Back in the day, you had closed practices by this time of training camp. Right. Now they're open. People got their cell phones. They're already taking, you know, video of what's going on. And they catch the fight. They're not going to stop. I mean, oh, like, no. like, oh, I'll put my camera down. No. Hell but no. I think you made a great – I hadn't th- thought of it that way. You know, maybe as we know more, but maybe it's because they're not playing as much. And because, frankly, they don't have enough physical practice as well. Maybe. I mean, maybe people are just getting chippy because they expect some level of, I don't know, decorum because it's just practice, as Allen Iverson would say. And that's what happened with Lyle Collins. It's exactly how this started. You're okay. right. 100%. That's exactly right. So, I don't know. I mean... We've got this last week of preseason, and then they've got a week off until the, the season officially kicks off. Yeah. But does that mean that things are going to be a bit chippier on the field this year? I don't know. That's a, I, I, you may be something to that. I mean, I, I don't know. it's going to be interesting. We're yeah. going to see it happening. We've got what, two more weeks, and then they'll be out in the field. So, the first games are not this weekend, but next weekend. Yeah, because um, college, their full kickoff is Labor Day weekend, and then NFL is the weekend after. Yeah, let me look here. Yeah, week one is starts on, on Thursday, September 8th. So we still have yeah. technically like three weeks. Yeah. Well, two and a half. Two, yeah. Two weeks from today. Two weeks from today, yeah, mm-hmm. as we record. So, yeah, the first game, Buffalo and the Rams on, on Amazon. Um. Yeah, I just I I found that kind of funny. They had the the fight breaks out, and then the talk about Aaron Donald. It's like, okay, all right, calm down. I'm an Aaron Donald fan. I admit that openly. But I'll tell you what I do like about it. Uh-huh. I like that there's there's some chippy offensive linemen playing for the Bengals. Because if there's any team that needs an <laughs> offensive line with a red ass, it's the Cincinnati Bengals. And I know, I mean, your major reason why is Joe Burrow, but. That's okay. He got set 53 times last year. I know. 
I know. I saw I saw a meme that showed uh, it said Lyle L. Collins protecting Joe Burrow, and it was a picture. It was like a video of a big ass wrestler picking up like, independent wrestler picking up a guy and just sidewalk slamming him. It was like that's what I want to see all season. Well, and that to me, that's that's what's going to be interesting around Tampa Bay with the preseason injuries that they sustained. Uh Because they, I mean, what it's their right tackle that's out for the season. Yep, that's a big deal for Tom Brady. Yeah. Now, I wanted to ask you. uh, Tyler brought this up to me. Tyler Jones in the Jones Report. I talked about this last night. Uh huh. Brady was out for twelve days. Yep. Got any thoughts? Got anything you think on this? I, I have a little bit of a conspiracy theory on this. Listen, it's it's really interesting with Dana White flapping at the gums, talking about the whole Raiders thing and yeah. how Gruden fucked it all up. Yeah. I'm not sure it has anything to do with that. I don't think it has anything to do with that either. I, my thing of it is, is that given that he is going to retire after this season, I have to believe there's some level that he just doesn't care. He knows what his job is. He yeah. knows how to come in. He knows what the offense is now and he can do it. He's two seasons in. Yeah. Beyond that, I'm open to your conspiracy theories. So I a hundred percent agree with what you're saying there. I think that if anyone deserves to be able to take a few days off in the middle of training camp, it's definitely Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Um, my issue with it is, is this simple, and, and this is because more of who Tom Brady has been for the past 20 years. When Tom Brady walks into a locker room, it is different than most superstar players. He makes a point of reaching out to rookies. He makes a point of getting to know those people. He makes everybody feel important. And we saw what he did when he went to Tampa. The first, right. the first Everyone's game went up. Yep. Because that was the expectation. Hey, if the old man's coming in here and he's at working his ass off, then that's the expectation of all of us. For sure. And I wonder if in the middle of his training camp, he just went, fuck, I don't know if I want to do this. And I think he went home to think about if he wanted to retire. That's it, fair. And I think that it may have been, hey, I know I'll be ready on September 11th. Yeah. But I don't need this, this. I don't need to be on the field and doing all this work on August the 20th. Correct. And I get that. And if anyone deserves to be able to do that, like I said before, I think it's Tom Brady. But boy, I, I think it hurts his, it hurts the team when you've got injured players, a team that's got not quite got the tools they've had the last couple of years. Right. And he's a year older. Father Time is still undefeated, and it will catch Tom Brady. It's already caught his arm, frankly. He he can't right. throw like he did two or three years ago. Yeah. I mean, he, I'm not saying the man's washed, but he is clearly not have the physical skills he did a few years ago. Well, he's an early 40s old man playing yeah. – at a high level of sport, but yeah. your conspiracy theory is he also screwing with the Vegas book. Yeah. Maybe. Or is he trying to get Gronk to come back? Uh, there is something to the Gronk thing. I think possibly, I, I think more of it was, I think he went home to think about if he wants to do this much work. 
And I understand that, but the fact that he uh, was retired for 40 days and came out of it, he did his time in the desert and figured out he didn't want to be home. So what's I think that part of that also is I think that he wanted to go out on terms that were his own. I think he felt pressured to retire. I think that he retired partially because as we're finding out, this dolphin story is absolutely true that he was going to try to finagle his way over to the dolphins. Um, You know, I think there's a lot that goes with that. I think he came back more to keep the conspiracy theories and the (laughs) ghost of the past off his ass. So, in other words, he's trying to keep his record clean. So, when they do the next man in the arena, he doesn't have to bat it down 10 years from now. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be different. I mean, I, I still think they're the favorite in the division. Uh, mostly because we don't that division's got two bad teams. The sure Panthers are gonna be bad, the, the Falcons are gonna be bad, and the Saints are only gonna be as good as Jameis Winston can play. Right. So they're gonna have one of the best three defenses, but their offense is only gonna be as good as Winston can play. So we'll see. Um, but I, I wanted to ask about that Brady thing, see what your thoughts were. The other big news, and then I think we're gonna get into some college football, is this is college football. Nick Saban got a contract extension. He's 71 years old, and he just signed a nine-year extension. Well, an extension that takes him out nine years. He's going to be under contract till he's 80 years old. Yep. I've made it clear. I really thought this was Nick Saban's last season. I really did. I believed he didn't want to be a coaching in the NIL situations. Now he says he feels like a young man and that he realizes that the game is changing and that he can adapt to this <laughs> just like he's adapted to everything else in his career. Uh-huh. You are someone who is an Alabama person. I lived there for 12 years. You lived yes. there for a long time. And I think, does that make you an Alabama fan? No. no I mean, my ex-husband graduated from yeah. Alabama. His dad used to work for the university. I've gone to multiple games there, but yeah. yeah. Oh, just the stench of that idea. Oh, Walking by a graveyard to go into a football game is weird to me. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know. I mean, yeah. And, and but anyway, uh, Nick Saban is under contract till he's 80. He's going to end up being back. It's not going to be as I thought he had loaded up for one last season, sure. one last year. Let's see what he does, and and then and then let's, let's see where it goes. But it sure looks like he's going to be around for a little while longer. I just think each year is going to take a little more passing and more time to get to get him to do it. But I think 10 million bucks a year is also kind of nice. You know, I will say when I saw this um, come out, I was like, this is some petty ass bullshit that's going down because he was pissed off that his former assistant Kirby smart became the highest paid head coach in college football. And he was like, you know what? this isn't how it's going to go down or how I'm going to go out. <laughs> I just Googled Nick Saban's net worth. Nick Saban's approximate net worth is $60 million. It's, again, this is why I will never understand universities and their coaches, especially those at state schools who are paid by the taxpayers, why they're bitching about NIL. These fuckers are I just why if you bitch about NIL, I just like take your argument and leave. I'm not gonna hear it. 
that coach makes 10 million bucks a year. He's going to make more than that. He's actually going to make over 11. It's all yeah. said if he, if he does the whole, it was eight years and 93 minutes. It's just, it's, it's insane. I'm, yeah. you know, I, I'm glad that he got his leverage for Kirby. Yeah. I'll, I wouldn't be surprised if Georgia uh, refigures Kirby's contract next year. <laughs> well, that's going to bring me to college football. We're thinking about college football here. Yeah. Um, I, we're not going to do a full on preview. We're going to talk a little bit. There are some games this week. Um, I looked the schedule. Do we have some Mac action? There's or a half a dozen, maybe, maybe, maybe 10 or 12 games. There is no big games this weekend. No, um, they're all next weekend. Yeah. The, the, um, let me see here. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. There's 11 games. The biggest names playing this weekend are North Carolina, uh, Nebraska. Nebraska's played at Northwestern. Um, North Carolina, Florida State, they both got non-con games at home. There's no real, like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to sit down and watch this game kind of right. thing. But, um, you know, I, I just thought I figured we'll go ahead and get into it because by the time we record next week, we'll already be into Labor Day weekend, and the Thursday night games will have happened. So um, – I have kind of five things I'm looking at this season, kind of the five questions. Okay. And I want your thoughts on these. All right. Um, the first one, I'm going to start with, I wasn't going to make, I was going to do this in a second, but since we talked about Nick Saban. <laughs> is Bama going to go wire to wire? Alabama is the number one team in the country preseason. Uh, in the AP poll, they received 54 of 63 votes. Okay. They received... In the coaches poll, 54 of 64 votes, 66 votes, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, the, the top five, the even top five, they're the same in both polls. It is Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Notre Dame. Um, there's some spec, there's some differences after five, but we're just going to talk about those, those top right now. Okay. One, you know, this is, some people are saying this is Saban's best team. Sure. He has the defending Heisman Trophy winner. You know, we only had one two-time Heisman winner. Uh, Bryce Young is currently the second favorite to win the Heisman, according to DraftKings. Uh, C.J. Stroud from, from Ohio State is the favorite, uh, but they're the only two who are under 7-1. to one. Okay. Uh, C.J. Stroud is at plus 222, which is two basically 2.2 to 1. Yep. Bryce Young is three, plus 380. Oh, okay. Well, under 4-1, to one, so. Uh, right now, the consensus is that Stroud's going to be a, a better pick. Um, you also have the fact that Bryce Young is looking at, he may be the number one pick in the draft. Right. You have a loaded team. They're a year older. They were young last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, last year they really they, they didn't play a great game against A&M and lost that game. And then Georgia just beat them. I mean, Georgia was right. But – I wonder if they're going to go wire to wire. I was wondering if Saban was going to come back. It, it clearly is that he is. And then what would happen with Bryce Young? What do you see with Bama? Do you think this is a wire to wire kind of team? Or, um, So it's interesting because I'm just – I never think that anyone is going to be able to go wire to wire because there's just fluky enough stuff. You know, yeah. there's that one pickoff – there's blown coverage. There's that, you know, punt return that you just can't game out. Um, 
I'm trying to find the, the football schedule right now. I've got just... it here. I'll give you a couple of highlights. Okay. Week two, they play at Texas. Yeah. Um, it starts off with Utah State at Texas. Home games against Louisiana Monroe and Vanderbilt. Then at Arkansas at a and I'm sorry, at home against A&M. Uh, at home against – or at Tennessee – um, at home against Mississippi State, at LSU, um, at Ole Miss. They have home game, a non-con late in the season against Austin P. Yeah. And then Auburn at the end of the season. I mean, the it's Austin P game is totally normal. They always do yeah. a, a, a scratch game before the Iron Bowl. Yeah. I think, LSU does the same thing. with, with uh, right. yeah. um, I mean, they're playing at LSU. So that's going to be a tough, you know, it's going to be the night game. Yeah. Uh, no one really knows what Auburn's going to be this year. And I think there's some thought that maybe they'll surprise the league. But beyond that, I mean, a and going to be tough. Arkansas could kind of come out, especially yeah. since they're playing Bama at home. Yeah. I could actually see a possibility where Bama drops a couple of games. Before I think the, the the playoffs. Yeah, I, Sam Pittman's doing something in Arkansas. First off, the heat that guy can coach, and he's got some shit going there. Um, and they're getting behind him, which is what yeah. they need to do. A and M's good. Like if I had to say what non top five team is going to sneak in, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. I think it's A and M. I mean, they, um, they're good. When was the last time that Alabama played an eleven a.m. game? Yeah. which they will be doing against doing Texas, Texas the second week of the season. Yeah, they don't normally get that. They normally get – because even if they have those home games that's against the you know, the Austin P and the Louisiana it's, Monroe, they're usually – playing the 2.30 game. Yeah. I mean, that's the 2.30 ESPN2 game sometimes. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's a little, a little different. But, yeah, they're going to play Texas on Fox week two. Um, I don't know. I – I think if anyone can go wire to wire, of course it's Alabama. Sure, but man, you figure you got A and M. I'm. I think you're spot on with the whole Arkansas thing. Mm-hmm. We don't know who LSU is yet. I'm an LSU guy. We know that. I'm never going to count my uh, my chickens till the eggs are hatched on that one when it comes to playing Alabama. Well, but especially we also, when they're at home. Yeah, but that. But I mean, Tiger Stadium. Yeah. Is, it is no joke. In I know. And so that'll be interesting. And Brian Kelly will have something for him, I think, too. So I, I don't know. And then you figure they're going to get into a playoff and they're going to have four really good teams at the end. I, I expected Alabama will be there. I expect Ohio State to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who the other two will be yet, but I, I do expect those two teams. And it kind of leads me into question two. Mm-hmm. which to me is Ohio State. Okay. This is a team. They have the, the Heisman Trophy favorite, C.J. Yep. Stroud. He's also either, depending on who you look at, either number one or number two as far as best player when it comes to the draft. Um, they haven't won a national championship since, 20, since 2014. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a long time for people, but it's Ohio State. And they feel that they are a top tier team. Frankly, they are. If you look at it in the window of what just happened with the Big Twelve, with Big Ten, right? In that big contract, 
let's be frank, Ohio State is the centerpiece. And I wonder if this is the year that Ohio State becomes the premier program in the country. I think that's a fair question. I think um, their biggest concern is going to remain Michigan. Because yeah. Harbaugh is out with his pleated khakis to prove something. Yeah. And because, I mean, it's been even longer since Michigan won a title, yes. I believe. And, yeah. and Michigan was in, the, was in the playoff last year right. with a really bad quarterback. Right. And the thing of it is, is that I think the top, you know, third of the existing Big Ten are really going to make a push to show what they have with the marquee names of USC and UCLA coming in. Yeah. Because to the thing that you've talked about with these contracts, they're going to be able to rake it in with that West Coast time slot and... I don't know. I think Michigan, maybe Wisconsin randomly, my home, my, my true home state will come through and come back to form, but. Well, I'm looking at Ohio State's schedule. They start off with Notre Dame. Okay. One that's uh, yep. actually on the third. They're playing at home against Notre Dame. That's a uh, top two, top five teams. I hope Ohio State fucking crushes Notre Dame. <laughs> In Notre Dame's dreams of anything right now. Uh, out of the way, they got a couple of cupcakes: Arkansas State, Toledo. Sure. Then they have a they have Wisconsin at home. That's a big deal. You don't want to go to Camp Randall. No. Going <laughs> to play at home. That's a good deal. Uh, they got Rutgers. That should be a win. They're at Michigan State. That's an improving friend. That's an improving team. Absolutely They're great. They're a top ten team at one point last year. They got Iowa coming home. Again, you kind of like that matchup being at home because Iowa is a hard place to go play. Yeah. They do have to play at Penn State, which to me is the underrated game. Because if that's a night game or if that's the whiteout game, and I got to think if you're Penn State, you figure out a way to make it the whiteout game, that's a tough place to win. That would make sense. I'm just not sure if they're really scary anymore. Yeah. I like James Franklin. He's, he's a good dude. I, he's a, I'm surprised he's not a coach in the NFL, frankly. You may not want to be, maybe. Um, I think it's part of it. Then after the Penn State game, Ohio State has Northwestern, Indiana, Maryland. Should be three wins. And then they have Michigan at home. So the schedule, to me, looks really good for Ohio State. Okay. And, that, and Ooh, that closeout game against Michigan, man. That's Yeah, the fact that they moved that to the end of the season. Well, it is the, it's always been the end of the season. Uh, at the end of the season, they've, they got these two games in the front and the back. Yeah. And if they can put the, the whooping on Notre Dame early and grab the confidence, and then if they can win against Wisconsin and Michigan State, which I have no reason to think they can't. The game that I watched with Ohio State last year that maybe didn't believe in them was against Indiana. Mm. I okay. watched that game against Indiana last year, and they went stride for stride with Ohio State because their quarterback was so athletic. And it was score, 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 score. Right. But Ohio State's defense should be better. I, I They're a team, and we'll, I'm making predictions next week, but you'll hear they're probably going to be in my playoff. Okay. Um, they're incredible. And I think one of the things that if, they, if there's a year 
where someone could overtake Alabama to be Uh the premier team in college football, it could be this Ohio State team. All right. The last, like, team we're going to talk about as far as getting in depth on any team is the defending champs, and that's Georgia. Mm -hmm. Didn't surprise me Georgia won the national championship last year. There was somebody who was really smart and good-looking who has a podcast (laughs) here on the studio soap by Thurber who actually predicted it. And, Good job, yep. And now I am not going to put Georgia as the national champion this year. Okay. I took them last year because they had a great quarterback who ended up not playing most of the season. And um, in that just insanely good defense. Right. I mean, that's it's seven guys drafted up the defense. Seven guys in the first two rounds. I mean, that's just insane. It is. Stetson Bennett is the quarterback at Georgia. You know, this is not a guy. This is not Joe Burrow. <laughs> this is not Bryce Young. He is not C.J. Stroud. He is a solid SEC quarterback. He's not – there's no chance that the Georgia's going to the national championship if Stetson Bennett's the quarterback. Not not if, not if he has to be the, no. the propellant behind yes. that team. Exactly, 100%. The thing he had last year was the dominating defense that no one could score on. I mean, literally, they didn't give up a touchdown for eight games. Yeah, I mean, I'm because he's Stenson Bennett the fourth, if I remember correctly. Yes, that is correct. So that is the most most southern white bread country club name yeah. dude currently in college football. Shouldn't he be the quarterback at Auburn? No, I think Georgia hits think pretty Georgia fine hits with that. Yeah. Well, Auburn has TJ Finn. So uh, so I, I, I want to see what happens with Georgia. I think Kirby Smart's a great coach. They obviously yeah. are going to reload, but I think they're going to be a year away from being that top five team. Um, just, again, Stetson Bennett, uh, he's not going to carry a team. He's not going to go out there and wing the ball around like Bryce Young, like C.J. Stroud. Right. Like the guys we've seen in the past few years. But you know what? Is he going to be the na- the next Chase Daniel and just get that clipboard money in the NFL? I don't think so. I don't think don't he goes so? down in the NFL. I don't. Okay. I, I think he's just a solid quarterback. Um, I'm trying to think of the kid that was at Auburn for years. Uh, Bo Nix. Oh, okay. That's who I think he is. Okay. He's less athletic. He's less athletic. All right. I, um, you know, the other one would have been, um, oh, God, what was the kid's name at LSU? I can't think of his name now. Zach Mettenberg, who was a quarterback at LSU before Joe Burrow. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. I mean, not a bad player, but not a guy who can carry a team. you got to put all the weapons around. And I just don't think that's going to happen. So that was my kind of third question. First two, Ohio State, Bama, Georgia. The next big storyline I think we're going to see this throughout the year is the new coaches in new places. Uh-huh. We've got really three big-name coaches that moved mm-hmm. that you wouldn't have thought moved, but moved really for the money in the situation. Lincoln Riley goes from Oklahoma to USC. Yeah. Ryan Kelly goes from Notre Dame to LSU. Mario Cristobal goes from Oregon to, to Miami. Yep. Um, Marcus Freeman, who was the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame, becomes the head coach at Notre Dame. Brett Venables, the longtime defensive coordinator at Clemson, right. gets the Oklahoma job, and he's 
he was the coach there in the past as an assistant coach. And the one is underrated to me is Billy Napier, the coach at Florida. Okay. Um, he came from Louisiana. He had a lot of success. That used to be Louisiana Lafayette. There's called used words to Louisiana. Yep. He's had a lot of success there. A lot of folks thought he might be in line for the LSU job at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, they obviously went to Brian Kelly. And Billy Napier got the Florida job, which is a really good job. And he's gonna that that's that's one of those schools that you could if you're can if you can recruit and if you can score points you're gonna be fine. Well, and I think coming not necessarily having coached in the SEC, but having to recruit against the SEC, yeah. being in Louisiana, he understands the circuit and how yeah. to get these guys in the door and what the advantages of playing for Alabama or for Florida can be from a recruiting standpoint. I'm going to give you a question here. And mm-hmm. I know that this isn't really your wheelhouse, but I'm going to ask anyway. Okay. Lincoln Riley at USC. Uh-huh. Brett Venables at OU. Who has uh-huh. the better season this year? To give you I an mean, idea, Oklahoma is currently number nine in the preseason rankings. USC is 14. And I'm not going to get into the whole schedule. Just – who do you think is going to have the, the the season that their fans will be most happy with? I will sure. That. I mean, my my gut and initial instinct is going to be like, well, you know, Lincoln took his quarterback with him. Yeah. And he's going to be able to build out that offense at USC immediately around him and get guys that can pick it up and do it well. So even though Venables has been in and out of the program and then – in and out of the SEC, so he's going to have great contacts. My gut is going to be Lincoln Riley just okay. showing out in L.A. I think year one, I think at the end of the season, the OU fans will be happy. Okay. I don't disagree with anything. I think in the long run, I think that Lincoln Riley is going to do a much better job at USC then Brett Venables is going to at OU. And that has more to do with everything you just talked about. Mm-hmm. Everything you've got at USC, they have they have a huge commitment to football. Yeah. You bring it over Caleb Williams. They've got all sorts of stuff there. It's going to be pretty incredible to see what happens. I think Lincoln Riley's the guy who can build it there. Um, and then now they're, now they're going to the Big Ten too. So I mean it's there's a there's gonna be high expectations. There's gonna be high expectations in Oklahoma going to the SEC. Well, and that's what I was thinking about when you were talking. They're both shifting leads within a couple yeah. of years. Yeah. And so I I think at the end of this season, I think the OU fans are going to feel better about the 2022 season. Okay. When we get two or three years out, the USC fans are going to feel better where they are than the OU fans. So my here's opinion. my follow-up question to you. As between those two coaches – which one performs better in their new league? I think it'll be, I think it'll be Riley. Okay. I think that one, and we don't know how the SEC is going to do the divisions yet, uh-huh. adding Texas and Oklahoma. Right. But if they do something simple, Oklahoma could be sitting in a division where they have to play Texas, A&M, and LSU every single year. Right. That might also include Alabama. I don't think so. I think Alabama and Auburn will get moved to the other side. But if it does come down that way, 
man, that's a gauntlet. Yeah. And you won't see USC go through a gauntlet of Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin, Penn State every year. Right. I think that's the main difference to me. I just also think that as good as OU, and their fan base is great. They have a great fan base. But as good as that fan base is, I don't think that they have the commitment in dollars and cents and what you've got to do to to bring in players Mm -hmm. in Norman, Oklahoma, that Lincoln Riley is going to have in L.A. You went to USC for a year. I've been there before. There's something about playing there. And there's something cool about USC and that whole thing. And I just – I think it's going to be so easy for him to recruit. I think it's going to be easy for him to keep the California kids. Sure. He's going to always have a good quarterback. He's going to always have plenty of NIL money. Right. God knows they got money. Oh, yeah. No, I don't doubt that at all. I'm just – I'm – I think it's going to be very interesting to see how these teams continue to parlay the NIL piece because OU is going to be in a much better position from an NIL once they get to the SEC. Whereas I think USC, whatever league they're in, they're going to be fine because they're in Southern California. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be a challenge at OU. Yeah. yeah. I think it's going to be a challenge in a few places. I mean, sure. Here's my other question uh, on the new coaches and new places. Um, Mario Cristobal, the Oregon coach, has been brought back to Miami. He played at Miami, uh-huh. coach at Miami. He wants to bring back the U. Can Miami come back and be the U ever again? Listen, the U never went away. It was just muffled. Yeah. And now that everything is above board – why the hell not? I mean, you might not have so much cocaine and, and PEDs going on, but the money, the girls, the boosters, the boats. They've got a lot down there, a lot of reasons, and they've got all sorts of NIL money. I mean, oh, yeah. It's they, Dan Lambert has put this thing together down there. That mm-hmm. with the MMA gym and everything he's done and his MMA team. Yeah. Uh, they've put in a shitload of money. The Rock went in and donated i don't know if you've seen the locker room is the dwayne the rock johnson locker room and it's fucking incredible i'm like wow i mean but that's what players like yeah i i mean this is what all the schools will be shifting to yeah i mean that that as they have alumni who's who are in broadcasting nfl entertainment whatever parlay that shit yeah. And that's what they'll do. That was the first thing that LSU did to win the national title in 2019 was they went in the next thing you know, after the early 2020 in June in January that year. Uh-huh. The next thing they did was their ex-players came together and they raised the money for their big ass locker room. Yeah. It looks like it looks like something from Star Trek. I mean, it's yeah. fucking incredible. And Miami has that. They don't have as many recent players, but if those old school guys, and you know, Ed Reed works for the team now. Right. You got Ed Reed out there working with the DBs, and he's now like the he's the DBs coach, and he is the um sort of the general manager of the players. Like he's right. the guy that is helping them with the um the on the field stuff. Right. Okay. 
So yeah, I think you bring up some good points there on and what's going to happen with those. Um, and Cristobal, I, I I think he's got a chance to bring the U back. I just I don't know if they'll ever be as dominant as like the 2001 team or those late 80s teams. Right. Those are the fun the fun teams of the 80s team. Oh, I mean, for those, sure. I mean, that's, if you have if you're listening, you haven't seen the U 30 for 30, you're just missing out. Like you need to go look those teams up. Those are great teams. I mean, it's just even it's my childhood recollection of having a cousin who loved Miami and it was the excess and the, the hard hitting and just the quick pace of play with the football and everything else that it was, it was a wild package. I loved it because what brought me to be like a a pseudo Miami person Uh that back then, if you remember, you either liked Notre Dame or you liked Miami. Yeah. There was strong battle lines and Everybody in my house is a Notre Dame fan, and I fucking hate Notre Dame. I know. So you got to go up Miami. I just love their swag. I mean, I, yeah. just, I love that, and I still love that about them, and I, I want to see them get back. Uh, the last one, I bring this up last, and it's Coach's thing because now it's my guy. I was happy. I'm an LSU guy. We got uh-huh. Brian Kelly. And I have said before, I think Brian Kelly is the best football coach in the history of Notre Dame football. I don't think it's even close. He's already the winningest coach in Notre Dame history. Right. But he was good there, and he couldn't recruit there because of some of the issues that they've had. And he's gotten real honest. I'm not going to get into it today, but he's gotten real brutally honest uh-huh. about some of the shortcomings of being the football coach at Notre Dame. Sure. He doesn't have that at LSU. No. He's got more money. And he's got more say in everything, and it's win, win, win. Yeah. So the last – we're going to talk about this. The last three coaches at LSU all won national championships. Ed Ogeron, Les Miles, and Nick Saban. Okay. Is Brian Kelly going to win a national title at LSU? Oof. No. I think he is. I think he's a better coach than each of the last two. He's not Saban. Saban's the GOAT. Saban's the greatest. And this run LSU's had since the, since the early 2000s yeah. is because of Nick Saban. No, I, I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah. I just don't know if Brian Kelly can coach in a league that he has to manage shit. That's definitely the argument. And the, the argument being also that he's in a league where – Play Alabama every year. They're in your division. A&M's in your division. Auburn's in your division. You know, you might get Texas and Oklahoma in your division. It's going to be a dogfight. But there's at least one time they'll do it. There'll be one team, whether that's like the 2019 team, that was just just an incredible run of players together. But he's recruiting. Like, hell, all of a sudden, I just saw the new uh, ESPN rankings – for the recruiting class of 2022, uh-huh. 2023 grads, LSU went from being not in the top 25 to number five. I just hope for the recruits and their family's sake that he has dropped that fake uh, Southern draw that he it's gonna tried. Get, oh, it's going to get worse. It's going to get beautiful. That that gets worse when you're there. I understand that. It comes back every time I go. No, that's understandable, but he's not from there. 
Yeah, but it happens. You can hear the voice. You hear it. it it's just like uh, it's like how Madonna speaks like she's from England. You're around it so much that you know. No. Yeah, it is. No. I'm just because you didn't change when you went to Alabama. I, thank God, because. <laughs> Alabama. No, I, I was. What you know about Alabama? I, I was forever uh, denoted as a Yankee just from my speech alone. Yeah, it's, I just. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I had that question with the Brian Kelly thing. I do think he'll get one. I think he might get multiples. I think the whole big thing is also the Saban deal. I think the whole thing opens up if he retires because I don't know that anyone's going to go in. And this is not a knock on whoever goes in. I just don't know that anyone can go in and be as successful as he is. He's the greatest. And I fully understand that. And you completely disregard every team that has lost an icon coach. You did it with Duke. You assume the same with Alabama. I'm not sure either of those are true, Um, especially given that whomever is picking up at least that first season. Look at Bruce Weber at Illinois. Yeah. He he inherited from, from Bill Self. Yeah. They're coming in with something put together already. Yeah. I mean, it's going to happen. Yeah. It's a matter of, okay, well, what happened season three? Season, I mean, right. at Ogeron, exactly. the same thing happened at, at LSU. Right. The only different team, he took Les Miles' team, added Joe Burrow to it. Right. And they won a national championship. That's why. It's not because know, Ed Ogeron's a great coach. No, absolutely. Great guy. Uh, not a great coach. But, yeah, I mean, so I just wonder if they're not going to be able to do as many things seasons three season four you know it's it's just a different animal there's the example i've heard you know the person that's the rumor is that it would be kirby smart i mean not kirby um um dabo sweeney that would possibly go leave clemson ew he's an alabama grad i understand that but ew yeah oh i think he's horribly overrated i despise dabo sweeney i you know, and that's a rumor um, is that it would be Dabo that possibly would go to Alabama. I want to know if, if Saban put a writer in this new contract that he got to appoint his successor. I'm sure he will have some say in who's his. Oh, successor. he's got to. Yeah. I just wonder, he doesn't get along with a lot of his ex coaches now. Well, they're all assholes to each other. Yeah. I think if it's not, I think it's Bill O'Brien. And I don't know that Bill O'Brien is the guy that. that would do that. I just, you need a consensus builder. Yeah. I mean, I think at this point, we'll see three years out yeah. if and when Saban retires. Cause yeah. I give now, it like, now it's not as likely as it was a week ago. Right. Yeah. So we'll see. All right. Last thing we're going to do, last one of my fifth question for the year is who surprises us and gets in the playoff? So I went and pulled last year's playoff teams. Okay. Last year's playoff teams were going in. It was number one, Bama, number two, Georgia. Michigan was three. Cincinnati was four. Mm-hmm. Preseason rankings, Bama was one. Georgia was five. Cincy was eight. And Michigan was unranked in the preseason. Okay. I got the top 25 poll here. I'm going to read off the top 10. Bama is in order. Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Notre Dame, AM, Utah, Michigan, Oklahoma, Baylor. That's your top 10. Okay. Now we know that from the look the last couple of years, and the year before, the four teams in the playoff 
three were in the top four in the preseason. That was the year of of uh, Bama, Clemson, and Ohio State all getting uh-huh. in. Um, the year before that, LSU got in, and they were not in the top ten preseason. I'm wondering who that team is that's not in that top four. Like I, I don't suspect Georgia is going to make it. I don't think Clemson's going to make it when it's all said. Like Clemson has the easiest road because they're in the ACC. Right. But is it Notre, if Notre Dame beats Ohio State week one, it's a huge step toward going to the playoff. Oh, absolutely. Especially with their schedule. Because really they only got to win. Their only two tough games are booking. Yep. It's Ohio State and then it's USC at the end. And they can win those two games. That's their two best opponents. They can definitely get you in. You know, I think a and is one of those teams, obviously. I'll tell you a team to look out for in the Big 12, Baylor. Yeah, I mean, both Baylor and Oklahoma, frankly. Yeah. I, I, I like Baylor a lot. Um, but the, And then I look at teams like you want to look like, is there a team in the 15 to 20 range, you know, in that area? And – I got my eye on two of them. Wisconsin's one of them. It's because they, every year they play, they, they, yep. they're a solid, solid pick. And I want to see what Arkansas does. That's, I was waiting for you to say Arkansas. I want to see if it's Arkansas because Arkansas got it tough. They got A&M. They got LSU. Right. They got Alabama. They got Auburn. They play murderous row in the West. Yeah. And they're not one of those top two or three teams. And they got to play them all. Yeah. But boy, I like Sam Pittman. Uh, I like what he's doing. And they're getting behind him. And I just I can see it. I I can absolutely see it as a, a team that could bolt their way up. Because if they do go through and win and go eleven and one, they're gonna have some impressive fucking wins. Absolutely. And that's why, like, I kind of look at somebody like Houston who had such a good run last year. Yeah. As they're getting ready to transfer conferences. Yeah. Do they try to play their way out of the conference going out on top? Yeah. Well, Houston does not. I'm looking at Houston's schedule. No ranked teams on their on their docket this year. Yeah. And that's, uh, I mean. And that doesn't mean any teams will, will be rated at some point. Um but it's going to be so. good. SMU is on their schedule. South Florida's not bad. They'll be on their schedule. But I think you're right. I think Houston is the team that's going to benefit the most going to the Big 12. For sure. Oh, because because if they, they're loaded with, with talent. Yeah. Houston's a great place to recruit. Yep. They're serious. they got a huge alumni base. It's a huge school. People don't realize that. And they play in a great – they play in the, in the Texas Stadium. Yeah. Um. They might go into the Big 12 in a couple seasons, and I don't want to say dominate, but they they might be a player quick. I, they will be a solid replacement for Texas and Oklahoma leaving. Yeah. They might be a better team than Texas, a better program than Texas. I, I don't know. They keep telling me Texas is back. and Okay. That was the bonus question. God damn it. You don't, I need to tell you this. The bonus question. Literally, I wrote, is Texas for real? Because people are saying that Sarkeesian, Texas is for real. He's brought in David Cutcliffe to be his offensive specialist. They've just recruited Arch Manning. 
Um, Quinn Evers has been named their quarterback. He's the Ohio yeah. State transfer. And they think that those fans think that they are back. I don't know if you've seen this. Have you seen the rating, the rankings? The rankings of what? The preseason rankings of the college football rankings. No. So the AP, Texas uh-huh. not ranked. Okay. In the coaches poll, they're 18. Okay. And they got a first place vote. Either you, either you either you froze or you just like had a small stroke. I it's I I mean I'm assuming that the that Sarkeesian voted for Texas. No, he did not, and that's yes, that has been approved. That he did not, he was not the guy. Um, the rumor it's somebody from the state of Texas. I don't know who it is, but to give you an idea, just real quick, while you're putting your thoughts together, there, the only three teams. And either poll to receive number ones, uh-huh. Alabama overwhelmingly. In the eighth sure. poll, they got 54 of 63 votes. Ohio State got six. Georgia got three. Okay. In the coaches, the AFCA poll, it's the coaches poll. Right. Alabama got 54 first place votes. Ohio State got five. Georgia got six. Texas got one. Okay. Texas for real? Um, let's see. I, I need to look and see when they play Kansas. Uh late in the season, the second to last game, November the 19th. I just pulled it up. Well, you know, we all know they can't beat Kansas. They can't. And they're playing Kansas in Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Texas isn't for real yet. I'm going to that game. I'm gonna find a way. I'm going to that game. Oh, I mean, that would be a fantastic game I'm, I'm, to be at. I'm definitely going to go to that game. I got Texas's uh, schedule pulled up here. They start with Louisiana Monroe, Labor Day weekend. Then they play at home against Alabama. They, not, they didn't mess yeah. around with the schedule. They, they did themselves a solid and, and went ahead and scheduled Bama. That that was scheduled three years out. Yeah. yeah I mean, that, that's, yeah, they, they scheduled that if they had the, the home and home with LSU. Um, then they got UTSA, who was not a slouch, but they should beat Texas San Antonio. At Texas Tech, West Virginia at home, and you got the game against Oklahoma, which is yeah. always back and forth. And they seem to pull some shit on Oklahoma. Maybe that's a Bob Stoops, Lincoln, Riley thing, but Texas seems to be like, somehow they get 28 points up on Oklahoma, right. and Oklahoma just can't quite get all the way back. Yep. They play at home against Iowa State. They play at Oklahoma State, who I think will be good, they're 12th yep. in the nation. Play at Kansas State, home game against TCU at Kansas, and they end the season at home against Baylor. I'm gonna tell you now, Baylor's gonna beat them. Oh, yeah. Baylor's gonna beat them. Oklahoma or Oklahoma State will beat them. Alabama's gonna crush them. And we and know that Kansas beats them. them. They're gonna have four losses. So, no, they're not back. No, they're not back. Um, they're they're banking everything on Arch Manning. Let's just yeah. be honest here. Yeah, and Quinn Edwards is supposed to be great. You know, I think that Arch Manning is not going to play till he's a sophomore. They're going to give Edwards two years. And yeah, and I know they've got a great recruiting. I don't think Steve Sarkis is that good a coach. He's 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 been fortunate to fail up a lot. 
Yeah, he has the well put. Well put. <laughs> so yeah, that, those are like my five questions for the year, and then the bonus question on Texas. I just think they're not going to be very good at all. I, I just they're going to drop a game they shouldn't drop. Oh, absolutely. One of the Oklahoma schools, if not both of them, beat them. I mean, I still think Kansas State's pretty solid. They're not going to be great, but they're they do the same thing under their new coach now. They get under Snyder. They're going to beat right. you their way. Um, TCU is not who they were the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. But, man, I don't know. I'll say this about Kansas. Kansas has got two of the best running backs in the whole conference. Well, and they just got that uh, Louisville – transfer that came in on the is he a d lineman or an o lineman he's a d lineman okay i mean i of course it's all from a ku slant but yeah it's really positive in lawrence for a change yeah, <laughs> yeah. i think that uh ku getting uh to pick a kid um kai thomas to come back from minnesota was huge he and devin neal are going to just be an unbelievable two-headed machine on the field. a lot of fun uh, and I love, and I love me some Devin Neal. Put the jelly on the bread, Devin. Do it. Spread it. Seems Live like such right. a good dude. Such he's a, a great dude. guy. Great guy. And I've met Kai a couple times. He's friends with my son. And, and okay, he's a good kid. He's a good guy too. I, I see why he went to Minnesota. I mean, it's hard not to want to walk, play for PJ Fleck. Yeah. But it just wasn't, I guess, a good situation. And come back to Kansas, and you know, you'll get you'll get to play. Yeah, and not. I mean. And not every program, just like not every job is a good fit, but you no, got to try it until you, until you figure it out. Right. Yeah. The other thing is I got to meet coach Leipold recently. Yeah. I really like him. Oh, good. I really do. He seemed a really nice man. I got to say hi to him and could talk to him for a couple of moments and sure. really nice man. He is outgoing. He wants to win, yeah. but he also wants to build a program. Yes. And I just want, I hope that Kansas, and I'm not a Kansas fan, so to speak, but you live in large, can't help but root for them. Right. I would love to see Kansas fans do for, I'm sorry, I want to see Kansas fans do for him what they didn't do for the last couple of coaches. Well. Behind the team. You know, they didn't do it for Coach Miles as well as I think they could have. Uh, they certainly didn't do it for Coach Beatty, who was one of their guys. I, I think it's – you have to win to get people invested. Sure, and there's apathy because they've been so bad for so long. I mean, it's been that. since Mame Gino that there's been a consistent winning program. It's been since 08 since they've had any real success. Yeah. Get that. And that team was phenomenal. But <laughs> they need to – you know, I, I want to see fans step up and do their thing. It's, oh, sure. It, you you want to – you want to see when you like when you like people, you want to see them succeed. Absolutely. And in that case, you need that at that level. And Nick Saban can get booed at Alabama every week if he wants to. He no. wants to be an asshole. He can get, he can be an asshole. I mean, he doesn't have to be well liked. No. Disciples got to be well liked, and he, and people have got to give him a chance. And and you know they showed some really great flashes of potential last season. And they like were, I said, coming out were, of, of spring camp and now like early season stuff, there's just a shit ton of positivity and yeah. it's great to see. Yeah, they were they were outgunned a lot last year. Yeah. But they did not get out. They were not out hustling. 
No. That team threw everything they had on the field. That, they're a reflection of their coach. I think their coach is a really good coach. Yep. So I'm rooting for them. And I think he's got a two-headed monster with those two kids. I, I think they're, they're, they're both big-time guys. They're both guys who I think could play on Sundays. And if they do it right, they, they can get a lot out of them. I, hey, I look forward to catching the games that I can. Yeah. So um, we wanted to jump on that. Hey, I wanted to get with you. I know you listened to Monday's pod. Mm-hmm. Which I went in deep on a lot of the um, um, different stuff with the streaming networks and the TV yeah. networks and everything else. And I wanted to kind of pick your brain a little bit because I have like three takeaways. Okay. From after I'm thinking about it later and going through some stuff. And I want to see how crazy you think I am. Okay. The first one, I think, and, and I listened to um, Marshawn and Elrond this week on their podcast, sports media podcast, had an interview with um, the second in command, if you will, from ESPN. Okay. Who point blank said that they will be negotiating with both the Big 12 and the Pac-12. They, Makes sense. Even in their current iterations, there is a contract that they think they can make. And they think they could put both of them on and they think it'd be mutually beneficial. Okay. Um, so I suspect that ESPN is going to make a deal with both conferences. I do think that Big 12 is the winner of the two. They're going to get more money. I think the Pac-12 is going to get rated a little bit more. A couple of teams are either going to go to the Big 10 or they're going to go to the Pac-12 or the Big 12. And that's not going to happen in 2022. That's going to happen this time next year. Right. Um, the biggest thing is the Big Ten's waiting on Notre Dame. Right. Um, what we did find out this week that was not out there late last week was that the, 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 the Big Ten's contracts with the three networks all have escalator provisions. Mm-hmm. For instance, in the SECs with ESPN, it's a pro rata provision. It says, hey, um, you add two teams, we increase the pie by two spots. Right. The Big Ten did not do that. The Big Ten instead has a pro rata piece for the majority of teams, mm-hmm. but we know they assign a dollar amount to at least one team, to one program, and that's Notre Dame. Right. The uh, My understanding is that number is $110 million between the three contracts. Currently, Notre Dame is getting $28 million a year from NBC. That's just for football. All right. Uh, That number looks like it's going to go to $60 or $70 million. And where that's coming from is basically an average of $10 million per home game. All right. Some seasons they have six, some seasons they have seven. Right. Of the seven games, they'll get $70 million. It looks like what the Big Ten now has to figure out is how do you make Notre Dame happy to come to the Big Ten by basically saying, hey, we know the dollar amount you can get coming here is 110. So now NBC is going to have to figure out a way if they want to keep Notre Dame rights, they're going to have to either figure out a way to pay 110, which they're going to bid against themselves. Right. Or... Notre Dame's going to have to accept less money. And you and I talked about this before we recorded. 
And Notre Dame is going to have to then say, well, who we are, and you described this really well, who we are is not everybody else. Right. Our goal isn't to necessarily be the national champions. Our goal is Notre Dame. Yes. What do you think happens with that? Or what is your gut feeling? You you kind of know a little more about how they look at things and in that kind of part of the region. Well, so the point I kind of made when we were talking offline is that I wonder if Notre Dame sees themselves more as an academic institution as opposed to an athletic juggernaut. Like they've had that come on in basketball and in football over the last, you know, ebb and flow of years. The one benefit of joining the Big Ten is that it, I think the Big Ten has certain research university requirements to join the Big Ten, which Notre Dame meets those without issue. But I'm not so sure that, and you know, you mentioned some of Brian Kelly's comments. I don't know if Notre Dame's intention so much is to build out the athletics department and the facilities and this, that, and the other, the way that some of these other schools are being a a Jesuit school, their Mm -hmm. focus is education. The, the brothers and priests who founded this school for whatever their missteps, Jesuits are there to be teachers. And I wonder just how that plays in Notre Dame thinking about this together with them really liking having their own channel every Saturday home game with NBC that everyone knows where to find them. Yeah. Well, I think that it's going to come down to, I think you are saying the nail on the head. I think it's one of those things where they have to figure out who they want to be. Mm -hmm. Now, and I've said this last week, I'll stand by this. If Notre Dame does not join the big 10, the, the NCAA or however the college football playoff moves moving forward right. should make no exceptions to the rule for rules for Notre Dame. Yeah. They want to stay independent. That's their right to stay independent, but they should get no special treatment. I also wonder, I think you mentioned this. Did you, were you the one that mentioned to me that maybe the big 10 kind of smokes them out by saying, Hey, we're not going to let our partner schools play you guys. No, that was not me. Okay, maybe that was Tyler Jones. So um, we talked about that. It would be something where would the Big Ten put their foot down and say, join us or you won't play any of us, which would Notre Dame currently plays games against. They have Ohio State this year. They have Purdue next year. They play USC every year who will be in the conference in two years. Right. You know, they have – and then. Notre Dame's, you know, old school schedule, you know, before they, before a lot of these conferences changed. Right. They had a lot of traditional Big Ten teams. They played Michigan and Michigan State for years. Penn State was a good team they played a lot. I mean, you don't really lose a lot of tradition adding those schools back in. I think, if anything, you bring those old rivalries back. Well, and that's the thing. I mean. To your point, though, it it comes back to, do you want to be a football program? Or do you just want to be a Jesuit school, which is fine. Just know that we're moving. Everybody else is moving forward. And the rules should not be applied to you different. 
No, and I, I fully appreciate that from a playoff standpoint. I think the idea of the Big Ten kind of um, snubbing them would be really interesting because I don't think it would be to the Big Ten's benefit to do that. I don't think uh, either, but I, it's an idea that get kicked around. No, I think it's fair. I mean, there's so much pettiness going into a lot of these alignments and contracts it could totally happen. Yeah. And the, the other Hail Mary is for the ACC to figure out some way to get Notre Dame to come in and to be able to then to go back and negotiate. But their contract isn't up till 2034. Well, and ESPN made it pretty clear that they're in the ACC business, but they're not in the pay the ACC more money business. Right. And I, I just, there's no attraction for Notre Dame from, a football standpoint beyond playing Clemson regularly yeah. to join the ACC. I agree. Yeah. Um, the last kind of like takeaway that the non rest I have you all do my non wrestling takeaways. <laughs> wrestling ones in. And by the way, I'm going to go off again on Monday's pod. Because okay. They are really fucking things up at AEW. Um, let me see here. We got a text message from somebody. Um, my last point is you and I mentioned that we thought at some point, and I guess it's been talked about with all these different networks, all these different streaming services. Uh-huh. Disney has Disney Plus. They have yep. ESPN Plus, and they are part owners of Hulu, Fox. Right. We know a lot of that's reverting back to Fox in the next couple of years. Right. But Amazon has also swung and missed on everything so far outside of the Thursday night NFL football package. I really have the takeaway that Amazon is going to try to purchase ESPN. So I thought that was interesting when you were kind of discussing what the future state may be. I think we'll probably have more hints after this year's NFL season. I agree. I agree. Um, and when I say that, I don't think it's happening again in 2023, 2024. We're talking seven, eight years from now. Right. But by 2030. The, I guess my point is, is we know that the NFL draws the most eyeballs out of any sport, professional yes. or college. Far away. So if they can parlay Thursday night football, to additional subscriptions for having to buy Prime, they've got to test it out. They've got to figure out if it's going to be sustainable because to your point that you were talking about ESPN just being a loss leader to begin with, is Amazon going to win and take that tax write-off essentially that ESPN will continue to be? One of the ideas kicked around is that Yes, ESPN is not profitable in 2022. Uh-huh. They have been extremely um, profitable in the past. And that going forward, it looks like as the NHL rights that gets all put into ESPN Plus over the next couple of years, right? as a lot of this college football stuff is going to be put in there, mm-hmm. uh, they're going to make a deal with, with the NBA. The NBA is going to make a deal with them as well. It's just too big a network to not make a deal with in this case. Right. Um, it looks like what ESPN will do is 
they can go in and say, well, we've got ESPN on every major cable network. And when you pay your cable bill, I think it's like 12 to $13 a month. Yeah, just the carriage free ESPN. Yep. Just for ESPN. ESPN, ESPN 2, ESPN Classic, or, or whatever it's all called now. Right. Um, that's all coming from that. But it looks like what ESPN Plus will be. If Disney decides to spin it off, mm-hmm. they'll say, hey, we still have Disney Plus, and Disney Plus is Star Wars and Marvel. And you notice that they haven't integrated those two. I don't think they ever would. I don't think they ever would. Right. And I think that's what makes it easier to sell. uh And then whoever buys ESPN, whether it's private equity or I think in this case, Amazon, gets the biggest name in all of cable television and all of broadcast television. I mean, they're getting everything in that package. And they can charge more for it. They could charge $25 a month. And people will pay it or increase Prime's cost by $5 a month or $25 a year and whatever it is. I mean, right. I think that that's what Amazon may have to do because without getting proof of concept on what kind of ratings they can have, mm-hmm. they're not going to get a big deal on their own. Well, that's why I think that, you know, this initial contract with the NFL is going to be so interesting because I was one of the millions of people that didn't have the NFL network. So I, I haven't watched a Thursday night game for how many years now? Yeah. Yeah, Unless it was your local team, in which case Fox or CBS got to pick it up. Right. That'd be your local team. Yeah. And because I don't care about the Broncos unless yeah. they're playing a team that I care. Yeah. To watch. Well, and, and weekly, it's basically unless you're in the two markets that are Thursday night out of 32, you're not going to get it. Yeah. So how, how they do this. And I, I don't know, it's going to be a talent thing too. Mm-hmm. The next round of talent contracts are going to drive some of this as well. And who can be poached where? Yeah. I just, I think that's the big one. I think that if Amazon doesn't get some of these contracts, which look, Amazon offered more than each of the three offers the Big Ten got. That's been confirmed. They have each of those three products, they offered more money for each of the three. Right. The thing of it is, is that I think Amazon would never be able to have a sports programming arm that did not have over-the-air capabilities. But that's why if you buy ESPN, you have that. So, but if you buy ESPN, that means you also have to buy ABC. Yes and no. If you look, there are no sports on ABC now. Well, it is, but it's, it's called ESPN on ABC. I understand that, but you have to have that vehicle for the people who don't stream. Yeah. Because that's the big thing with the you're big You're not line. wrong. You're, you're not wrong at all about that. I agree. I mean, they all they all have terrestrial broadcasts yeah. on some level. It can't yeah. just, it can't live solely in the yeah. cloud. Well, if you think, if you look at it now, though, with, ESPN being the dominant force on cable and satellite. So it's still, there's always people are always going to have that. You're true that it's a fact that, yeah, people who are streaming don't have that now. 
and they have their you know antenna for ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox. Right. Um, but does that make the sports fan more apt to go go ahead and get the ESPN package? I mean, like I would have never gone away from streaming if I would have lost ESPN. So I think, no, I think that's fair for me. It would be more with basketball than anything else. I haven't been, been able to find anything that I've enjoyed to watch on uh, ESPN in a couple of weeks, really from a sports perspective. So, well, so much of the the coverage now is moved in football season. And then, well, it's not even that it's like tonight. Nope. They don't have any baseball. It's a bunch of college stuff, which is great great platform for it but i'm borrowing somebody else's cable login to be able to get access to espn i'm not paying for espn i've got the bundle for espn plus with disney plus and hulu but i'm not i would be curious to know if they could just market espn in and of itself but i like the idea that you were suggesting if Amazon does buy it. It's just kind of a bump in that prime membership annually that you don't really pay attention to. Yeah. And it gives them something that they can have programming wise that no one else. Would. And again, this, this is something we're talking about that's seven, eight years away, probably. Right. Right. And what happens with those networks and what happens with terrestrial television in the meantime? I mean, who's to say Amazon doesn't figure out some way to get you that for free. Well, and that's what I mean. Yeah. We don't. We certainly don't know the landscape, but it's an interesting thought. Yeah. So I, I think that's a kind of a, a future prediction. So, hey, let's uh, let's end there today. Let's just we're gonna we, we went football heavy, and I knew we were gonna do that. But we're well, we're in football season now. So, but we're gonna close out with one fun current event in college football. You want to do this one? Or you want me to do? It? Do you have the full list? Hang on here. All right, jump in here because I just saw this in passing today and I just haven't had a lot of time to get into all this. So you want to talk about this and I'll jump in and kind of follow your lead on this. So um, the University of South Carolina, also known as the Gamecocks, is premiering, I think, um, a live mascot this season. And so a poll was released as to what the name of the new mascot should be. And these, we'll just do the top five. And I'll go from the bottom up, just because it's a little bit more fun. So five, we've got Cockadoodle Dude. Four, we have General. Three, we have Coop or Cooper. Two, we have Cuck Norris. And what was leading in live polling, but which is most assuredly not going to be used by the University of South Carolina for their new Gamecock Live mascot is Cock Commander. Cock Commander. Now, I don't understand why, I guess because South Carolina's mascot is cocky. The current one, the one that's actually like an animated one. Okay. It's in the the costume. His name is Cock. Oh. Um, I got this list. I just pulled. I got something off. I just googled it while you were saying that. Here's a couple other ones I got. Oh, these are great. Darius Clucker. Uh huh. Darius Rucker with the U.S. with South yep. Carolina. Uh, 
Cocky Balboa. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you mentioned Cluck Norris already. Yep. Marco Poyo. Yes. You know, that's not bad. Kicking Chicken. Yes. Uh, I mean, uh-oh. it's it's one of those things that it's hilarious. And uh-huh. I liked a lot of the Twitter coverage on this today because it was, how are they going to address this in the talk shows? How many times are we going to hear cock on air? Yeah. And how uncomfortable is every going is everyone going to be while doing this? Yeah. So, cheers. I, I, they, they should have had that. They should have had a name in in mind when they did all this. Oh, but then you can't get Modi Bodie McBoatface and yeah, that but, kind of fun stuff. So yeah, but like general is a bad idea. That brings up too many like southern like right civil war kind of things in my mind. Oh yeah, yeah. Cockadoodle dude is lame. It is. Marco Pollo is not bad. Uh, I've been I've been revisiting uh, Breaking Bad recently, so I do kind of like that. Uh, Kicking Chicken is terrible. Yes. Coop or Cooper? I, that's not terrible, but it's not great. Um. Yeah, Cock Commander though that that's. Commander Cock would be better. I mean, listen, you could do Cock Commander, Commander Cock, Commando Cock. You could, you know, you could do a lot of things with that. It's very versatile. Yeah. So, um, one idea was Sir Big Spur. I don't know what the hell that is. Sir Big Spur. I mean, is the spur the top part of their head? Maybe. The- I, I don't know. I'm 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 ignorant in my gamecocks here, which I mean that's yeah. As long as you know your own gamecock, you're fine. Yeah, I here's what I don't understand is why go to a live mascot? It doesn't work well for teams. I mean, the exception is what we got at LSU. Mike. Oh God. But but even that, I mean, we still can't do what Mike will be used to do with Mike. Well, the thing is you can't put Mike outside the visitors locker room anymore. No, I mean it's shitty for the animals, just it like is. it is for the buffalo that you know they run out for CU. Yeah, it, you can argue, and, and I know that like at LSU, it's, they have a huge place for Mike the Tiger. But you can even argue that even as well taken care of as he is, it probably isn't great to have a, a live tiger in a habitat. No, it's 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 not. Yeah, I mean, I I get that argument. Um, you at know, least it, with a rooster, it's not completely. Yeah. Out of bounds. It's not, as, it's not as cool as War Eagle with Auburn. I mean, they have an actual eagle. I mean, yeah, what we have to have is War Eagle has to have has to have a cockfight with the game guy. Yeah, we could have a bird of prey uh, face down. It'd be like a it'd be like a Seinfeld episode, or it could be like one of those Capital One mascot challenges. Yeah. But Cocky was a good mascot. I don't understand why. I mean, that was a decent mascot. I, just because his name was Cocky? Uh, it can't. I'm sure Cocky is still going to exist. They're yeah. just adding, you know, Captain Cock. That's that's trying too hard. That's hustling. Cock Commander to, to all this. So. That seems like it's hustling backwards for me. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So, well, with that, let's uh, do this. Hey, we want to mention one more thing. We have our normal, of course, our normal sponsors, 
check out all of the, the show notes for deals with Dior, with Dior, with, uh, ah, DoorDash and with Goldbelly as always. But I want to bring up with Goldbelly um, is right now they've got a couple of big specials right now. They have Labor Day stuff. They've got a huge sale. It's the steak and seafood sales. So check that out. Yeah. Um, and then also we were, we were saying about Goldbelly, we wanted everybody to send me cookies for what reason? Do you recall now? So, you know, this is the 57th week. Or oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Week. Yes. So this is 57, 52.5. Yeah. So we are, we are officially next on Sunday going to be at the one year of the Coach Bono's podcast. Yeah. So I'm shocked that we've gotten there. Um, <laughs> we've been here. And so instead of giving you guys a bunch of stuff for putting up with us, instead, we want gifts. <laughs> Cookies. We want, we want you to go to Gold Belly, and we want you to order for us the, the Brooklyn Blackout Cookie Tin. Have you heard me talk about it before? Yeah. Use the, show, use the link in the show notes. If you want the address to send it to my office, go to oagks.com. The address is right there, and you can have it sent <laughs> to my office. In which case, I will give you a shout-out here on the podcast. And then also, we are going to have the Coach Bono Show Fantasy Football League. What? We are going to do it. I have been talked into it. I'm going to get everything back up this weekend. However, we're going to need a couple of teams. So if you are a listener, send an email to coachbonosshow at gmail.com and tell me why you want to be in our fantasy football league. And I will bring in at least one, if not more, to the league. If we have to expand the number of teams, we may do that. But the best suggestions will get you in the league. Okay. So we got that going. So just check the show notes for your gold belly stuff. Check the show notes for DoorDash. You get to save your $10 on your first three orders. We always appreciate both those for sponsoring us. And we are working. We will know soon. We got to get to September. But we are working on a partnership with a, what do you want to call it, an, a, a gaming app, if you will? Uh, uh, a gambling app. Gambling app. So for those who are in Kansas and those who are in Colorado who are listening, we appreciate both those states are our biggest two states for our listeners. <laughs> you will have access in both states to the partner we are currently working with. Um, we are working with, yeah, we'll have a little more. As soon as we can say something, we will, but it's coming. I'm especially excited in Kansas. We're finally getting sports gaming. For sure. It just makes watching the game even more fun when you can put 20 bucks on it, you know? And, and that's what I'm going to tell people. Don't go out there and try to spend, you know, don't try to make your more no. on sports apps. Let's talk about that for a minute. Hey, look, you're going to hear, we're going to talk about odds. We're going to talk about some of that stuff weekly as we bring in a partner on that. But I want to be clear. I don't want anyone who's listening to think that they're going to outsmart the books when it's all said and done. You know, you can get on a run, you can do well, but we don't want people trying to get out there and bet their mortgage, their car payment, anything that's going to change your life. Right. It's a lot of fun to watch a ball game where it's not your team playing, but you got 20 bucks in the game. Or even five bucks. Yeah, it, it's fun. It puts a little more fun. It, it makes it more, a little more interesting to watch throughout the whole game. Yeah. And I want to encourage that. But what I don't want to encourage is habitual gambling that's going to be 
a harmful to you, your family, your loved ones, and everything else. So we're going to talk about that. There's obviously disclosures we're going to have and everything else. So right. working on all that. But uh, I want to bring that up even before we have those partners in here. So, um, yeah. Let's have a great week. Ellen, thank Absolutely. you for jumping in again. Uh, we have a great, hope everybody have a great weekend. Uh, I want to thank Tyler Jones and everybody at Studio Soapbox, what they do behind the scenes. Tyler had to spend some time today on some stuff and teaching me some things I didn't know. So that helps. Most importantly, we want to thank you, the listener. Uh, without you guys, we're not here. We appreciate it. Thank you. And tell your friends if you're enjoying the podcast. If there's stuff you want us to talk about, shoot us an email. We want to be part of this. Hit us up on social media. Um, Absolutely. We're going to be doing some more stuff and we want to get more interactive. As, as we reach more people, we want to be more interactive with those people. It isn't just us purging our, our thoughts all the time. In doing that, uh, we ask for one favor, and that is to rate and review us. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get this podcast, give us a five-star review. Okay? Uh, so until Monday, I'm Coach Bo Brian O'Connor. That is our token girl, Ellen Wiginton. And have a great weekend. Remember your time tokens at 9 o'clock. Thank you. Everybody.